Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hi and welcome to What Should I Think About and this week it's uh, me, Stephen, with Riley. Welcome Riley. Hi Stephen, thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome back I should say. Um, yep. <laughs> so it's great to have you back again. Yeah, it's great um, to be back. Good, so it's a little bit of a different um, podcast today because... It comes off the back of, of you sort of reaching out to me and saying, oh, I, I'm interested in this subject. Um, I'd like to talk about it. So we did the Matrix um, episode where we looked at the Matrix and the different ways people interpret that. And we mentioned about how some alternative ways of thinking about the Matrix involve men's movements and this red pilling thing. And you sent me a message saying, yeah, I mean, I was interested in that. I've got some understanding of that. I'd love to talk about it. So that's kind of where we are. Um, so tell me what your kind of experience is with that, Riley. Yeah, sure. Um, before I before I, I, I do that, just off the back of the whole Matrix episode, which I absolutely loved because right. I, I love the film anyway. Yeah. Um, but it, it, there are so many parallels with the whole JW experience. But yeah, I, I have a, a, a slightly different take on a, on a, on part of it. Mm. So. Um, do you remember that that scene where there um, where Morpheus takes Neo into like the training program and he's teaching yeah. him about the agents and everything? Mm. That is to me that's a really good metaphor for how witnesses view so-called worldly people. Mm. When he says, "Look around you, what do you see? You see teachers, lawyers, doctors. These are the mm. very people we're trying to save. But mm. at any time they could be an agent, and so you know." Be close, but don't get too close, and that's yeah. and that's 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 a really good way of the, of describing what, how witnesses view non-witnesses. Mm. We're trying to save them, but they're not your friends. That they yeah. they could still be the enemy. That's a really good observation. Yeah, no, it's a very yeah. good point. Very good point. Yeah, yeah, totally get that. Totally get that. Yes, yeah. yeah. So about probably about a year before I left, uh, before my marriage broke down and I left the organization, I started getting into uh, this online um, men's movement called mm. MGTOW, uh, M-G-T-O-W, men going their own way. Yeah. And um, I kind of like stumbled across it. I didn't go go out looking for it. Um, I, was, I was at the time very much into like uh, self-development so I used to watch a lot of self-development and self-improvement yeah. videos. And uh, why I was doing that was because I felt like I needed to be more assertive because I'm not a naturally forthright or assertive person at all by any means. And I saw that as a problem 
especially in my marriage because my wife was the complete opposite very, she's right. i describe her as a as a force of nature very very <laughs> very very forthright very assertive uh you know had very strong dominant qualities and um i felt that those were like you know we had a contentious relationship anyway sure so all of those things com combined i felt very much uh suppressed so I felt I could do with, you know, learning how to be more assertive and to, you know, hmm. to be, to be more confident and, and all yeah. of those things. So I started watching a lot of self-help videos and, um, I, one thing kind of led to another and I ended up going down the whole rabbit hole of the red pill and the, the, hmm. the MGTOW movement. And, um, to start off with, I, I saw it as a good thing, you know, I, I thought it was a good thing. I thought, it, you know. I felt empowered by the things that I was listening to and learning. Um, but after a while, I started to see that there was a bit of a sinister side to it. Mm. Um, a lot of the, the, that YouTubers that I would, would watch, it was, it was, it was, it was basically misogyny, misogyny dressed up as male empowerment. Okay. But it, it did take me a while to realize that. And um, it really started affecting my personality. I started to turn into somebody that I didn't like. Mm. You know, I became very petty and even cruel at times. Mm. Um, but, you know, I only realized that on, you know, after a while, after doing mm. some, you know, self-reflection. But at the time, I thought that I was, you know, standing up for myself and, yeah, sure. and, and, and being assertive and, you know, mm. all, all of those stereotypical alpha male type qualities i thought which i thought were, were positive um but but they weren't really so can you give us a bit of um maybe an example of, of something that you were uh, you were influenced to do differently somebody to say you know that's uh, riley's quite changed you know what, what what was the difference what can you think of anything specific um i became very stubborn mm. <laughs> Um, you know, just thinking that my way was the right way, you know, um, not open to like discussion or negotiation. Hmm. Um, yeah. So it was basically like the, the pendulum was just swinging too far in the opposite yeah. direction. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. So why do you think, um, you've talked a little bit about why you were attracted to or what, how you ended up being, um, I suppose influenced by this this movement. Why do you think it is kind of so popular? Has been popular? Do you think it speaks to a wider thing? Because I, I I tend to think it does. So I guess I don't want to put words in your mouth. But um, yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think there's a, a growing number of men, many of them like young men who just mm. feel completely marginalised by society. Mm. Um, I think in the case of older men, it's men who have been through things like divorce and, uh, you know, losing their, their access to their children and things like that that has really caused them to become embittered. You know? mm. Un understandably, to, to, mm. to be honest, I mean, I've been through those things myself and, um, yeah. you know, they don't they don't tend to bring out the, the best in people, those those kind right. of experiences. But um, I think it's, all of this is really symptomatic of a, of a larger problem. You know, to, to go off track slightly, um, 
I think that it's so easy in this day and age to live in echo chambers. Mm. And this is something that, that cuts right across society. You know, whether you're talking about uh, men's problems, women's problems, uh, the problems of marginalized racial groups, it's so, so easy to just become involved in these communities where the only opinions you hear are your own being reflected back at you. Mm, yeah. And, um, and, and it's not healthy. In, in my opinion, it's not healthy at, at all. Um, everybody needs to hear and, you know, to consider a wide range of, of opinions, you know, both mm. a, a, ones that agree with you and ones that conflict with you, mm. you know. Um, yeah, I, I think social media obviously has a big part to play in that, doesn't it? Definitely. Um, and it's hard to know, it's hard to know the answer in, in some respects because... You also need to look after yourself in in terms of your mental health, mm. and um, I know with with Twitter, for instance, cause that, that's the social media I tend to use most for, for whatever reason. It just it just is, um, and I I find if I have lots of um, views in my Twitter feed that that are kind of provocative and um, maybe sometimes outlandish and but very much, you know, in opposition to what I would consider was a sensible way to look at something, let's say. Mm. Maybe there's misogyny in there. Maybe there's racism in there. Maybe there's just, you know, mm. um, I find that um, personally disturbing, you know. And so I think I feel like it's a natural thing to say, do you know what, I just don't want to see that. Yeah. Um, so I very, very rarely block. In fact, I don't think I've blocked anybody uh, on Twitter for absolutely years, but I do just stop following people if if mm-hmm. their feed is, or if the feed I'm getting from them is is something I consider to be a bit ridiculous. But of course, what I'm doing there is exactly what you're warning against, really, uh, which is yeah, creating my own curated yeah. environment. You know that that really only gives me information that. Mm-hmm. sits with my worldview yeah so i don't know what the answer is do you i i, I really don't i mean mus- myself included i mean i'm I've, i'm sometimes tempted to just block people if they've said something that i think is ridiculous or silly but mm. I, I i really try hard not to i i don't really block anyone unless they're being offensive to me sure. or others if they yeah. say something that i think is outlandish or ridiculous Sometimes I'm tempted to block them, but I, I have to check myself and I say, mm. I'll say no, unless they've been, um, I mean, the same goes for my, uh, my comments on my, my YouTube channel, yes. unless, unless someone's being offensive or, um, you know, something like that, I, I, I mm. tend not to block, not to block people because, um, I don't, I don't want to live in an echo tra- in an echo right. chamber, you know, yeah. I think, yeah. I think it's quite dangerous. It, it, it you know, from my own experience, it can have a huge influence on the way that mm. you think. Because if everything that you're being presented with is is just one side, yeah. you'll subconsciously just think that that's the way it is. The whole world mm. is like that, and then you yeah. and then you don't understand when people see it differently. You will literally mm. think that they're either stupid or crazy, yeah. because that's all yeah. you see all the time. Yeah, I, I think that's right, and um, I think that's good good advice for me personally um but probably for for a lot of us really to to allow those alternative voices to mm. um to, to be in our 
in our social media feed. I mean, it's only one small part of life, but it is it is increasingly important, um, and it it does tend to shape your view of what's going on in the world, and often that's quite it's quite unreal really you know it's mm-hmm. not very realistic you know if you're not if you're not careful you might think the world is like twitter and um, exactly that isn't really like it is it's it? not it's not um i think the other thing maybe that i i try to do is listen to more um what's the word uh voices that are able to explain their position yeah. in a in a more coherent way yeah so yeah you know, you'll always be able to find people just kind of spouting off, repeating what other people have said, or just kind of parroting phrases. But I think if if we can try and get to the the source, if you like, of these ideas, then at least you can understand how these ideas have, have arisen and what's the thinking behind it. Because you have such a wide range of of um, of views, even within the same movement i would suggest so you know male self-development um increased assertiveness Mm -hmm. it sounds to me like there's there's got to be a lot of voices that are doing that that are actually pretty healthy and pretty well thought through but then you've got other voices which are very shallow they're just kind of spouting off things from a place of not very much knowledge so that's yeah. something I do try to do. So what, you know, what's the academic base for some of this stuff? You know, mm. I mean, critical mm. race theory or critical theory in general is currently, you know, the whipping boy of every right leaning Twitter commentator, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've studied uh, papers that come from a critical perspective, both from a feminist and critical race theory and so on, but I wouldn't pretend to be an expert in that area mm-hmm. so i've bought a couple of books that are written by people who are from different perspectives so i can understand first of all what the argument is and then i can understand what the criticism is and that feels like a a, a good way of doing it i don't know what you think about that right? yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um well this is just an observation of mine what i what i tend to to see is that the more a, a extreme a group is, the less true they are to their stated objectives. That's interesting. Like, mm. so like, uh, as I said earlier, the MGTOW movement, it's, mm. in my opinion, misogyny dressed up as male empowerment. Yeah. Male empowerment is a stated objective, but because it's such a radical group, mm really that isn't what they're really about when you dig deeper it's really misogyny and i see the same thing in in other groups as well whether it's from the left or the right whether it's about male empowerment or feminism yeah the the, the more radical these groups are i think the less true they are to their, mm. their stated objectives and i saw yeah. that with the MGTOW movement it was misogyny yeah. dressed up as male empowerment mm. i see that with you know whether it's on the left or the right or whether it's about social issues or feminism i, I, I see exactly the same trend Hmm. Um, so what, what I like to do if I'm trying to understand these movements, I, I like to, first of all, try to understand it from the, um, their best position, if you like. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. guess you can call it a steel man, if you like. But it's So what is the problem that they're trying to address and what is the philosophy underpinning it that um, actually might have something? And then we can maybe worry about 
where they've got to, you know, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason. But can we can we understand what it is that they're trying to do? So we've said about self development and um, trying to help men um, better themselves. But what what's yeah. the philosophy behind that particular movement? How how do they, how are they going about doing that? Or trying to? Um, how they're going about doing that? I don't, I'm I'm not really sure. I can I can give a coherent answer yeah. to that, but I think re- what what they're what they state that their aims are is to help men to overcome certain certain things that are are slanted against them. Like, for instance, the court system when it comes yeah. to divorce and children, and it is it is actually a real thing. Right. You know, um, any man who's gone through a custody battle or a divorce will tell you that the family courts are just slanted against men, mm-hmm. and that that's it. That is a fact. You know, um, men are far more likely to end up homeless after a divorce. Men are far more likely to be separated from their children after a divorce. So there is definite, there is a definite inequality hmm. uh, in in that area that needs to be addressed. And it's a good thing that there are groups out there that are trying to address it. Um, how they, you know, go about doing that is a, is yeah, another that's matter. A different question. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so there's a perception there that when it comes to certain aspects of life, that men are at a disadvantage in yeah. our modern society. And yeah. one of the things I've heard cited is what you just said about things like um, divorce settlements. Um, so when I when I um, just did a little bit of very lazy research, so I don't really call looking on YouTube research, but um, for the for the purposes of this, I did do a little bit of a, a YouTube search and there was a guy on Good Morning or This Morning talking about this. He was a, he was from the MGTOW movement. Um, I didn't get his name. I can't remember his name. But he actually came across quite reasonable and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he didn't sound like a, a misogynist, but... Um, so I suppose he's perhaps the, the the acceptable face, if you like, of this yeah. of this movement. But so his argument was that um, marriage, in particular, if you get married, well, he wouldn't get married because you're entering into a contract in which you are basically always going to lose um, if it ends, sort of thing. So um, you know you're at risk of losing all your pension your or half of your pension your the money you've saved up over the years and so on and so on and so he felt that um, there wasn't it really wasn't in his interest to have a long-term um mm-hmm. stable relationship with a woman because and obviously he mentioned about children as well um because he was always going to be on the losing side so that i guess that's one of the one of the complaints that that these men yeah. have yeah um yeah definitely i mean i encountered that when i when i was um involved with MGTOW and i didn't really i, w- I wouldn't necessarily say that that is um a misogynistic view i think at at worst it's highly pessimistic yeah um okay. and and that's what i didn't like about it because mm. i felt that it was reducing uh, reducing marriage as an institution down to a transactional, yeah, interesting. Down to a trans, 
down to like a business transaction, which, mm. which doesn't sit well with me at all. Mm. That's you know? interesting. And, yeah. And um, I, I found a, lo a lot of that as well when it came to relationships, not just marriage, but relationships between men and women. A lot of men in the Midtown movement see it as basically a transaction. Interesting. They, 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 they approach it with that transactional mindset. Mm. which 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 I don't like I think you know any kind of relationship shouldn't shouldn't work on that basis it should be about of course there are you, you, all relationships have expectations you know when you yeah. when you're in any kind of relationship some, with someone you know you you have expectations of each other but I don't think that you should appro approach it with this mindset of okay what is in it for me mm. you know mm. what am I going to get out of this I don't I don't like that yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it definitely came across in the interview that I watched that was essentially, and I guess this is um, how you frame something is really important, isn't it? Because if you start mm. from a position that says any, a relationship is a transaction, then everything else that you say about that, that relationship is framed by that statement. Exactly. Um, exactly. And then you start essentially... Yeah, looking at the balance sheet. Yeah, um, and to to a large degree, it it may be that may be skewed by what each individual sees as value. You know what they're getting out of that relationship. You know, so it could be that um, each party is actually thinking that this thing is about something different to each other. You know, mm -hmm. um, and that could be part of the issue. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And um, one thing that, that, you know, the whole time that I went down the MGTOW rabbit hole, the one thing that I never, ever heard from any of, you know, it's, uh, I can't think of the word. Adherence. Adherence. Yeah. Thank you. Was love. I never heard that word. Not one single time. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. It was as if men aren't supposed to love their partners. Right. That's 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 what it felt like. It was like love is what women want out of a relationship, but you as a man, you should want something else. It shouldn't be that. Right. You know. But that 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 doesn't sit well with with me as a person. That doesn't sit no. sit well with the person I am inside my in my values. Yes. When it comes to relationships. Mm, that's really interesting. <laughs> the What Should I Think About podcast has been going now since around November 2020 and we've really enjoyed doing it. We release at least two shows a week, it's about eight a month of course, with Sunday being an interview and Wednesday being our discussion about a new subject each week. We love you our listeners and we really value the interaction we have with you and we want to keep the podcast going. Currently I pretty much work on the podcast full time, researching topics, booking guests, recording and editing with Celine working part-time doing very much the same things. So in order for us to keep going and continue to improve we've reached that point in the life of a podcast where we have to make some decisions about how we support it financially. Most podcasts have ads either that are delivered by the podcast hosts or from third parties that interrupt the show. We really don't want to do that. We want to keep the What Should I Think About podcast ad-free. So we're going to try something different to most podcasts. We'd like to ask you if you think this podcast is worth a pound or a dollar fifty or a euro twenty a month or whatever the equivalent is in your own currency. If you think it's worth that, 
we'd like to invite you to become a member or a patron for just that. So how we're doing it is we're flattening out our tiers on Patreon to just our single lowest tier. For those patrons, not only will you get the two public podcasts a week, but you'll also get exclusive video each month, bonus content of at least one a month and probably more, and exclusive access to the What Should I Think About Facebook private group, where you can contribute to our Ask Us Anything episodes coming up soon and talk about the show. We've got other plans too that will make your pound or dollar fifty even better value, but we can't say too much about that yet. We really want to make access to this community possible to everyone, and we think this minimal amount will do that, while providing the show with a small income in order for us to keep going. So the next few weeks we'll be flattening out our tiers on Patreon and providing all benefits through the lowest tier currently known as loss aversion for just a pound or its equivalent in your own currency. So please consider being part of our community. Thank you. The link to our Patreon page can be found in the show notes. Okay, so I think there's a framing problem then, isn't there? There, we, we, mm-hmm. We've identified, we think that that's one of the issues. Um, in the, in the, the stuff I read about the Red Pill movement before the, the podcast, um, there was also a kind of dotted line, I suppose, to this incel type mm-hmm. movement mm-hmm. as well. And it, it seemed that um, while some men... Um, still wanted women in their life. There were there were others who essentially just, I'm done with it. You know, I'm I'm done with women altogether, and so they've made a decision to stay celibate. But it doesn't sound like a a kind of happy place they've um, they've derived. No. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, with with the um, MGTOW movement, I think there were more men who were voluntarily celibate in the MGTOW movement, but we, yeah. but the incel movement are the ones who are involuntarily celibate. Yeah. yeah. And they are not in a happy place at all because they haven't decided that they don't want women in okay. their lives. They've just they've just resigned themselves to the to in their mind, in their mm. opinion, the fact that they never will have. Yeah. And they're very, very angry and very, very bitter about it. Mm. Um th- the, the, the demographics of the incel movement are, are more towards the younger end. Okay. Uh, whereas with MGTOW, it was mostly older older men, That's like uh, middle-aged. Um, but yeah, mm. the, the incels are very... They're scary, in fact. They do scare me. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what's, um, what's going through... I mean, it's hard, obviously... Um, it's hard to know what's going through people's minds um, mm. and each individual will have their own thinking, I guess. But um, there seems to be a, uh, a frustration that they, they can't win, you know, that's um, yeah. that, you know, they may not be very confident about their own uh attractiveness i suppose both physically and um perhaps socially they might feel that they can't um, perform um in the way that that women seem to want Mm -hmm. um 
I guess I'm always left with the question is, is this any different to how it has always been? And is the difference just that there are platforms for these uh, these views and, and so on? I don't, I don't know. I definitely, I think people with that mindset have always existed, but mm. these platforms and these like online communities that have the ability to connect people together, I definitely think that they make it worse. Mm. Because, you know, if you surround you, you know, surrounding yourself with like-minded people mm. can can either have a positive or a negative effect in in, in any area of life yeah. but when you feel like a victim mm. it's not good to be surrounded by other victims no that's right yeah you know yeah i, I think um i suppose i'm just thinking back to because i'm older than you so when i was um you know going to work um when i did have a job in the world <laughs> um mm-hmm. i remember you know speech about women sometimes being quite um well along those lines really you know it was it was um yeah quite demeaning and um they they would some of the way that that, that some of the guys would talk about women was was pretty um pretty unpleasant Mm. um and i and i guess you know when a guy gets dumped you know or or if he's unsuccessful in his attempt to um get the girl um then frustration comes out and and i suppose that's you know is that all that's happening or my i suppose my deeper question is is there is there something about modern society that is producing more of these people more of this attitude let's say um Mm -hmm. or is it just that it's just the same as it always has been. It's just that we notice it more and there's more um, reinforcement of these attitudes. So I guess I'm wondering if there's something deeper going on. I, I think there's, it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you said, there's, there's always been men who, you know, who haven't taken rejection very well. Yeah. But I think there's a sense of entitlement in, in modern times that didn't exist before. That was my I suspicion. Think, mm. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot of men, mostly younger men, who feel entitled to um, female companionship mm. or you know sexual relationships or you know sexual gratification from women. They feel that it's that it's their right. So when they don't get it, it's not just a matter of feeling rejected. They feel that an injustice has been done against them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that I guess that's the worrying bit. That's the bit that you then start looking at society and you start asking what is the messages, what are the messages that we are giving to mm. uh, young guys um, as they're growing up. Um, I mean, I, I I didn't expect to talk about this actually, but um, some recent research um, into the exposure of young men to pornography is actually quite frightening and um actually if you think about it pretty common sense as well which is even more Mm. frightening so it's not like you know an experiment doing something that gives you an answer you didn't really expect you know so because um it's so easy to get access to pornography on the internet you know young lads are watching this stuff much more graphic than you know when we were growing up was Mm. available um, I mean, obviously, as JWs, we we didn't um, that wasn't 
something that we would do, but you would see things on walls and you would see magazines, top shelf and all of that sort of stuff. But um, it's now so easy to get to get to view pornography on online that, um, you know, kids as young as seven and eight are watching this stuff. Yeah. And um, I guess the fear is that women, you know, you're not seeing a relationship being built here. You're just seeing a, um, a sexual encounter, not really any context of reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, there's an expectation then as that kid gets older and starts to, you know, feel the need for sexual release. They just expect that, yeah, this is what, this is what everybody does. And um, yeah. It, it, why is it not on tap? Like, like the pornography yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. I, I do think that that plays a big part into it. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, your, your, your worldview is shaped by, you know, what you're exposed to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the other thing as a, um, as a parent, I mean, I'm, I'm a dad of a daughter, so I don't have sons, but um, one of the things that I always wanted to instill in my daughter was this feeling of um, self-worth. Because mm. I, I, when I was growing up, even in the JWs, I suppose particularly the JWs, really, um, I'd seen young women so desperate to get married um, and very um very low opinion of themselves really yeah. that kind of the first the first guy that asked them out they were married within months you know mm-hmm. and it was a combination of being desperate to find a release i suppose and also f- fear that they weren't that this was the best they were going to get you know yeah <laughs> the one guy has shown interest in me i can't i can't miss this opportunity so for me i feel one of the one of the main jobs of a parent is to instill in your child male or female really this belief that actually they are of high value Mm. and you know i wonder whether there's something there happening in that as as these young lads grow up you know they're constantly told they're no good or they're ignored um you know and there's messages from the media as well probably that tell them constantly that they're they're a problem um and then when it comes down to it it, the first rejection they get or you know if they get a few rejections then that starts to reaffirm their suspicions about themselves yeah which is deep down you know i know i'm no good and this is just confirming that but they've not got the kind of humility to be able to express that so they'll they'll blame somebody yeah. else they'll blame the the woman who's you know who's asking too much who seems to want everything and yeah can't give that i don't know it's a bit yeah. of a stretch but maybe no i do i do think that, that uh, you're you're right i do think that plays into the situation a lot i definitely do it also this um I do, I do think that the world now is very much in a victim culture mm. it's a it's a you know, I don't mean to um, what's to minimise any kind of like traumatic things that people have gone through in in you know whether it's um, racially motivated or gender motivated or sexuality motivated or anything like that. Mm. But I do feel that the world, the world in general, holds victims up as being something to aspire to. It's like 
everybody wants to be a victim in one way or another. And if they can be a victim in as many ways all simultaneously, then that's even better. That's like something to aim for. Um, I do think that if, if somebody has been victimized, you know, in, in any way, then, then they need help and support. Mm. But I think the, the pendulum has swung so far in the opposite direction that, that people actually want to be a victim. I'll say, oh, well, I'm a victim because of this and mm. this and this and this. So what do I get? <laughs> what do I get now that I'm a victim in all of those different ways? And that really does foster an attitude of blaming other people um, for your problems. You know, not, necess- not, not to say that people make themselves victims, but there are, there are ways that people th- think of themselves as being victims when they're really not. It's just a matter of trying to improve yourself. You know, if you yeah. if you feel that you're not very good with women, then instead of blaming women for not liking you, what can you fix in yourself that would mm. make you more uh, appealing to women if that's what you want? Isn't that what part of what this, um, not the men go their own way movement, but the red pill movement, part of that was, you know, getting your game on, you know, getting your game better. Yeah. Um, and that seemed to be a big part of that. This is why I think there's kind of there's offshoots, isn't there, from from the same Definitely. issue. So for yeah. some men, it's right. I need to get my game better. It's all about my game. And and you had this um, these uh, in inverted commas professional um, chat mm-hmm. up merchants who would um, yeah. coach people on coach young men on how to. You know, just pick up women to have sex yeah exactly yeah yeah and it, it feels to me and, and that so there's a couple of things there firstly i think i mean i, I don't pretend to be um you know uh, an expert in this area at all but it seems to me that that's not really what most women actually want so it feels no, it's like not. that's you, you, you're teaching people to do something that actually isn't really going to deliver yeah um, and it feels like it's it's uh, the wrong answer to what might be mm-hmm. a legitimate question. Um, so you know, I'm struggling to find love. I, I can't find um, a, a, a wife or a girlfriend, or I want to have relationships with women. What's the answer? So the answer, according to some, is you know be better at chatting up where I would suggest the answer is start to be a better person. Exactly. Um, but uh, either way, the, the, the answer is, is in, more introspective that's right. than, 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 than people are willing to admit or yeah. to, you know, to, to, to practice yeah. that that's, that's, that's the main point that I was trying to get at is that, mm. um, instead of looking at yourself and saying, what can I fix in myself to improve my circumstances? People just want to blame everybody else. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So there's a, um, I suppose another potential answer. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that I, I prescribe or subscribe to this. Um, but a claim, I guess, particularly on the right of politics is that this is a kind of inevitable backlash against, um feminism and mm. claims of systemic uh sexism yeah 
Um, I don't know whether you've got any thoughts about that. You know, uh, I can see why there might be some, um, why that might be a conclusion some would draw. I don't know what your thoughts are. Mm. Yeah. Um, the whole, I mean, the, the thing is feminism isn't, isn't a monolith. There are, okay. there's a wide range of mm. varying, you know, degrees. Yeah. Um, I think fourth wave feminism. I think we're on the fourth wave so oh, far. <laughs> I think that's 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 the uh, that's that's the the flavor of feminism that we have now. Fourth oh, wave okay. feminism. Um, as I said earlier, I, I do think that the the more radical these groups are, the less they are about what they say they are about. Mm. Mm. You know, feminism on the face of it is about you know, men and women being equal. And I, I can't think of any reasonable, decent person who wouldn't be 100% behind mm. behind that goal. Um, personally, and this is just, I'm, I think, I feel like I'm on dodgy territory here. Yeah. Personally, <laughs> personally um, from what I've seen of fourth wave feminism, it isn't really about that. It isn't really about that. As much as it, it they might state that it is about that i don't really believe that it is in exactly the same way that i don't believe that migtow is about male empowerment mm. you know i think it's something negative that just has like a an acceptable face on it mm. you know? I, I suppose um and I, i'm i'm not like you i don't um i i'm not completely au fait with the various different waves um mm. I, I do know about a little bit about critical theory because of critical um, race theory yeah yeah so there's critical race theory but there's also critical feminism which right, um right. which is and basically what so i'm not an expert in this area either but as part of my degree there were various papers written from different perspectives so we did some sort of scientific type perspectives and other perspectives and one was the critical uh stance and uh, i suppose what that has in common critical race theory critical feminism is is a philosophy that says we live in a society that has been constructed by a certain group mm. and therefore it's not or a minority let's say so so you know People like me, I suppose, um, middle-aged white men have built the world, certainly in, in the Western world. That, that That's the, the claim. Therefore, it's geared towards that um, demographic. And what that means is that we have structural sexism um, and obviously structural racism, but we can only concentrate on one thing at a time. So we're talking about sexism here. So there is structural sexism built into society. Um, and part of the mission of feminism is not just to agree that, that men and women are equal. It's also to create a society where men and women have the same opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um in every aspect of life. So why is it that fewer women are in situations of power within big organizations? Well, part of it might be because of the kind of 
the old boy network, you know, yeah. lads going for a drink together and they get to know each other for over the years. And when it, when the new position comes open, oh, you know, I know Riley, he's, he's the guy yeah. that we need for that. Um, so it's these structural, and, and because that's the way that the business world works, that no surprise, you end up with these reinforced groups that seem to always be the ones in power. The theory behind critical theory is mm-hmm. that there is a there is a built-in, baked-in inequality or set of inequalities because essentially the world was constructed by a certain group. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, there's some logic to that. There, there, there definitely is some logic to that. Um, my only problem with uh, critical theory is that it attempts to address that imbalance by using the same methods that cause the imbalance in the first place. Okay, that's interesting. And that and that and that's something that I personally can't get behind. Mm. Um, to me, that's like trying to cre- trying to create silence by shouting. Mm. You know, it 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 it, it doesn't work. Um, maybe I'm taking two of a what's the word? Maybe I'm looking at it from from too logical a perspective, um, and losing some of the context. That I'm willing to admit that maybe maybe I'm doing that, but that's just the way that my mind works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that the other danger, the risk, is that um, that it's a kind of natural, I suppose, thing for any individual to feel that they are being there's an assumption about them Mm. um that isn't necessarily fair yeah yeah and i feel that that is that is one of the reasons why people are so get so angry about that so you know as a um as a middle-aged white bloke you know i i straight away feel that um yeah i'm i'm kind of uh, i'm i'm if not public enemy number one, you know, I belong to public enemy number one's tribe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and of course, um, unless you, you know me, um, you don't really know what I'm like. And it feels like it's, um, it's such a broad brush that um, people start to feel quite defensive about yeah. being lumped into that. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but I wonder whether that's, more a a problem with the way that it's being communicated because actually again this is uh, i'm not an expert in critical theory but from what i understand of critical theory it isn't actually accusing everybody all men of as being misogynist um or all white people as being racist what it's saying is actually even if you had a society where everybody was completely open and fair and because the structures are are unequal so it's more about the structures of power not about the individuals so you know as a um, as a guy i might think it's completely normal to be in this situation at this age or to get this job at this age and so on and so on but a different person a woman might find that much more difficult to arrive at that mm. same place. So 
I think that's that's the claim. Now, whether that's you know how far that goes and at what point we say what we've got now is is equality, and actually what we're seeing as outcomes are results of individual decisions that people are making. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the arguments of one of the big yeah. um, male bastions, you know, Jordan Peterson, is that... Um, yeah. e- equality of opportunity versus exactly. equality of outcome. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure I know the answer to that. No, neither do I. I. I don't think I know the answer to it either, but I definitely don't think that the answer is to use discrimination as a way of dismantling discriminatory mm. institutions or, yeah. or structures uh, mm. that makes absolutely no sense to me mm. because it, it, it that raises the question in my mind well if you're if you're willing to do that is it the discrimination that you're against or is it the discrimination against the group that you identify with that is mm. the problem for you rather sure. than the discrimination itself as a practice mm. Mm. you know if, if discrimination as, as as a practice is wrong then it should be wrong in all contexts across the board it, it shouldn't just be wrong just for a specific group but all mm. right for every every other group yeah yeah i think i think that's interesting um but i was outnumbered men and women you know i was outnumbered by about um well in my little group when i was in the ou thing there was like like 15 of us and there was two guys um, whenever I went for exams, again, similar sort of ratio, the many mm. more psychology students and graduates are women. Um, and yet, if you go into other, um, other types of courses, you, you see a different, um, a different distribution. I understand that, that women are now the majority in degrees and so on, um, across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it seems that there are inequalities across a whole broad spectrum. Um, and do we have to get to a place where everything is 50, 50 in everything? I don't know. I don't, I don't think you could get to a place where everything is 50, 50, unless it was artificially engineered Mm. to, to, to be that way, which I think would be wrong. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that's 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 my personal opinion. I, I, because you know, I'm not I'm not I'm trying to dispense with the um, the old JW mindset that yeah. all men are one way and all women that's are cool. another way. But um, there are commonalities, but obviously between between men and their likes and dislikes and the fields of work that they will go into. And the same is also true of of women. You know. Not, not. I'm not saying that all women, you know, no. want to be teachers and nurses, and all men want to be engineers and scientists. That's of right. course, of course not. <laughs> so that, I mean, that not. is a but really interesting. Individuals question. have different interests. Individuals yeah. have different interests. That's right. And so, at an individual level, um, boys and girls, men and women, should have the opportunity to do whatever they want to, to do. do. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but there is a question. I think about whether um so this this might be at the heart of of some of the differences so there are some um within both academia and within policy who essentially think that pretty much all differences between men and women are socially constructed in that they are 
um, learned by us right from being a, a toddler through to, you know, everything that all the signals that were given, all the, um, that the subtle, uh, messages mm-hmm. are constantly putting us in this masculine versus feminine kind of box, if you like. So these, the idea that that men generally might be more interested in X, whereas women might be more interested in Y, again, the claim would be that actually that's not um, scientifically, biologically the case. That's That's because we have constructed a society that trains us to believe that. And therefore, that's how we behave. Yeah, I, I've heard that many times. I don't agree with that at all. Um, I, I don't. What I don't agree with is that it accounts for all of the mm. difference. Uh, of course, it will account for some. Yeah, but I just I don't think that all and everything are constructive words to use in this kind of no in this kind of debate because they are on the extreme end, and ev- most things in life are a spectrum. That's right. You yeah. Know? And I think that's how most people feel. I think I think most of us would identify that, you know, if you give girls dolls to play with, um, then no surprise that they they grow up wanting to have babies. You know, I think I think that's that's understa- understandable. Oh, yes, um, but Definitely does that mean it's the whole picture? Does that mean it's the whole picture? And and I guess it would be fairly surprising if evolution hadn't. Um, selected for um certain characteristics i guess Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. given that only one of the sexes has children um i guess it's unsurprising that there would be selective pressures for the mother for the women to protect their situation with their infant and so on so um yeah again we're getting into a realm where where i guess Mm -hmm. um, i don't I don't pretend to be an expert, but yeah. Um, yeah. So what's all this got to do with, um, with men going their own way? I wrote, their own <laughs> way. I guess, I guess where we've ended up is I suppose where I think a lot of the discussion perhaps sometimes starts, which is that, you know, there's some big um, crisis in our social world that is, is somehow frustrating sections of it which is likely to create a backlash and violence mm. and, and so on um so yeah i guess the jury's out about whether that's the case but um mm. I, I i just think i mean there, there are always going to be marginalized individuals and marginalized groups whether yeah. they're gender groups uh racial groups or whatever they're, they're that they're always going to be the case what I think is the problem is when you is where you, when you start looking for the reasons why that is the case, and then apportioning blames to groups rather than to individuals. I think that's when you're on on dangerous territory. Mm. So when you start saying that, you know, all women are money grabbing gold diggers who are going to take your, you know, take yeah. half half of everything you own, mm. you know that that's not right. Yeah, you know, it, you. Know, and that that mindset is definitely transferable mm. you know that mind when when somebody tends to think in in that way in that absolutist kind of you know mm. way they will apply that to other areas of their life whether it's um men and women 
black and white, young and old, whatever. They they will do that. And then before you know it, we're back in 1930s Germany. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the, the lesson is to, um, to avoid the extremes and, um, exactly. and, and yeah, I, I think I like that idea that you mentioned about, um, I suppose not, 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 not grouping everybody together, and mm-hmm. assuming that people are going to behave in a certain way or they do behave in a certain way. And that, that's probably a lesson for all sides of this of this debate, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting stuff. And and love. I think love is the answer, Riley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. definitely. On that one. I think it's really interesting what you said. That, for me, was one of the highlights of our discussion was that, you know, in all your um, – listening to this and and um, hearing the arguments and that that word doesn't crop up at all and uh, no. it, it didn't when i did my little bit of research either so it's it's about the way it's framed yeah. um and maybe uh we should be raising young boys to to understand the need for that and to be comfortable talking about mm-hmm. love and feelings and the importance of that maybe that's at yeah. the heart of it yeah 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 because at the end of the day, I think life is all about the relationships you have with people. Yeah. And if you approach all relationships like a business transaction, yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What, what, when you're on your deathbed and you look back at your life, you know, how, how would that feel? Yeah, they call it a category error, don't they? I think in, in um, debating with philosophy, it's like uh, as soon as you've categorized something in the wrong place, mm. then, then you're always going to get the answer wrong. So yeah. as soon as you categorize relationships as being transactional and, and the success or not of it is about the balance sheet, mm. then you're never going to get it right. No. So it's that very first thing. It's, it's that, that I guess we need to push against relationships and not transactions. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Riley. Oh, thank you for having me on again. I really enjoyed our conversation. Great. And um, yes, it's really good to have you on again. So you're the first guest we've had back. Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) So I think that's just because you were the first one we had all together. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's really because you did reach out. So um, I've started to think it would be nice to get some people back on again and talk about things. So um, yeah, yeah, that was really good. Um, Great. Good. All right. Well, um, your, your your YouTube channel is still going. You've had some problems with yeah. YouTube, I know, which is yeah, very disappointing. Yeah. No, disappointing. Uh, no progression on that then. No, 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 no. That's the end of it. But it's not going to stop my channel. So you're still doing good things on there. Still um, doing things, yeah. And it's called. Remind me. Uh, Jexit 2020. Great. So check out the Jexit 2020 channel. You have a lot of good stuff on there. Interesting guests. Um, so I do recommend people check that out so Riley thank you very much for joining me today thank you what should I think about what should I think about is an evil sheep production 